Jesus, can we all clap our hands to the Lord this morning?
Amen. Well, we know who we worship. His name is Jesus. So good to see everybody in the house of God today. Can I get a woo? Thank you, Jesus. You're good. Got a little nervous, came in here, and I walked in right at just about service time, and the praise team was up here looking good and sharp. They're all in position. They all had their mics in the hand, and I got up here, and I saw Sister Drake, and that was it. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. So I'm thankful that, you know, the house the Lord is filling in this morning, so folks have come to, to worship and love the Lord here together. I do have a few announcements. Uh, we got some exciting things happening at Life. We have consistent exciting things happening in life, so it's not just the new things that are exciting, but this week we do have something significant and new that is, is, is coming to uh, a life near you, and that is uh, small groups. Uh, Wednesday night we're going to have... Small groups are gonna, we're gonna have a meeting on Wednesday night here at seven o'clock, right? Because I I got a little confused with seven seven thirty. Now I don't know what it is, but it's seven o'clock here Wednesday night uh, for anybody who's interested in leading a small group. Now it's either gonna be a spiritual group that deals with uh, like Bible studies and doctrine, or or it's gonna be a hobby or a connection group where it's just like you know we're gonna yeah kiss pigs or something. I no. Not kids, hot water. You know, like there you go. Going to the gym, some kind of a group that we're gonna connect and have a spiritual slash fun connecting time. So if you're interested in leading a group or you're interested in hosting a group, you can do either. You can just have the group at your house or your place, or you can host a group because you're really excited about something and want to join with other people. Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Come on out, and we're going to work it all out. We're going to start getting it all together. It's a, uh, a very powerful way for we as the church to move beyond just coming together here. We, we, we can get some times to get together out there and form stronger relationships. So it's very important, a very good thing, and I'm excited for that. Also, Saturday night at 7 p.m., the Married Ministry is hosting a Married Date Night at 7 p.m. out in Savannah at the Crab de Jure. Cajun Seafood Restaurant. Uh, so if you got any questions about that, get with the Masons or get with the Banks, and they'll give you all the information that you need for that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, it's time to worship the Lord in our giving today. So let's pray. Let's do that. Lord God, we sure do love you. We thank you for all the things you're doing, and we're thankful for how you do it. Thank you for your patience with us, Lord, as we have to learn how to live and to worship you in this world. Lord, I pray that you help us to give today and give from our heart as unto you. We sure do love you and thank you. We ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus and everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Come worship the Lord in your giving today.
for their God. But we know him because he is a noble God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad today that we serve a noble God? Hallelujah. I'm glad we have something above what everybody else had. We look at King David, we look at Samuel, you know, we look at um, all the prophets from the Old Testament. We think so much of them. And not that there's something wrong with having your Bible heroes that you look at. But the Lord said, greater works what we do. Greater. Hallelujah. And the thing is, we have to remember that we have something that they didn't have. They didn't have his name. They gave him a name themselves. They came up with Jehovah Jireh. They came up with Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. His name was just a, what is it, River Park? The te tetra, tre tetra whatever it is, but it's the four letters. You know, the four letters. So the deal is, there you go, sir, yeah. Some things you just have to help me out. You know, kind of like the word um, aluminum. That's how I have to say it. So it's <laughs> like the English. The English say it that way. Yeah, Americans have destroyed their English. But, but I am glad that we serve a God that we know his name. He gave us his name. And in that name is the power. In that name is glory. In that name is salvation. In that name is rest. In that name is strength. to my pastor as he has led this church over the last couple of years. Oh, man, 20 plus years. You know, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. When Pastor First Lady got here, they were in their teens. So it was... <laughs> so, so when I got here and I was like, man, I'm like, this, this gentleman's pretty young, you know? And then, uh, and then I was like, well, you know, he's about a year or so older than me, so he was really young then. <laughs> but it's definitely an honor to serve here with the men and the women that um, come to truly serve the Lord selflessly that to give up themselves to give up their time to give to pour out their heart the things that God has um, um, compelled us to minister about to minister to us this morning I want to go ahead and I want to give us um, something that we probably rarely think of, but we know it. We know it in the power. We know it in the word of God that amazingly as it was written, that um, that the Lord do, does things in, inside our scripture a lot of times that we may not recognize or see. But today what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about the death and life in the ark and the cross. Death and life in the ark and the cross. And here, I want to accent that Jesus is the Ark of the New Testament. Jesus is the Ark of the New Testament. If you could please stand with me, we're going to go ahead and do a couple of readings. If you could, go with me to John 14, and we're going to be reading 1 through 5. And as you're going to John 14, I want you to say amen once you get there. And I definitely want to give honor also to my lovely wife, I am a product of prayers of a praying wife and praying children. So I, I wasn't raised in this marvelous life. 
but uh, but I was raised like many uh, people around America as a nominal Christian that went through the routine of going to church every Sunday, but leaving out unchanged. And I wanted to do right, but I had no man to teach me. I had no peers to uh, rub elbows with, and I had no people under me that I could mentor to. So the thing is, we have to build these things within the kingdom and within the church. And so therefore, I want to remind us that uh, as we are looking for hosts, <laughs> and we're looking for mantle leads to be part of our uh, small groups that we'll be uh, meeting on Wednesday here at 7.30, and I do want to apologize, I, uh, the time is not 7 p.m., it's going to be 7.30. We want to give everybody time after our midweek prayer, online prayer, to make sure that they're able, that we're finished with that and get a little break. And then we're going to be talking to those people who want to host in their homes and those people who want to um, um, talk about or have a little group with interests and hobbies, which is our connections group, and then we have our spiritual growth group which is going to be taught by our mantle leaders, which is going to be our, uh, um, that's all of our spiritual growth. But uh, but definitely I want to give honor to my wife because she definitely came up with this. Uh, it's a brainchild that she came up with to get our people connected. And that's something that today we miss out with Zoom. We miss out with COVID. We miss out with a lot of things, locking ourselves in our homes. But the thing is, we become saved um, by the fear of God, but we stay saved by our love for God and the love of God's people and coming together in community. Hallelujah. Reading in John 14, 1 through 5, it reads, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. This is Christ speaking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Let me read that part again. He says, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Four. And whither I go, ye know. And the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither ye goest. And how can we? But Jesus right here, what he's talking about is he's talking about one day he's going to return for his people. And those people is us. Look at your neighbor and say, those people is us. All right. Reverend Fowler, can you pray for the word today, sir? Amen. Say, you may be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, I know right here I did a reading that was from, um, a reading from John. And as we go through the gospel, we see where Jesus many times references his mission and why he came. And, you know, there's people, I see it all the time, people won't wear these shirts and everything with a, the notorious B.I.G. on there, old rapper from way back yesteryear. Most of us in here might remember that or hopefully um, haven't heard our parents listen to it, but <laughs> but I remember one of his albums was called Born to Die. But with this, we have to think of Christ, the one true man, 100% man, 100% God, 
that the notorious B.I.G. didn't die for you, but Christ did. And he was born to die because he had a purpose. That what the enemy did, when he influenced them to bring him to a cross and to crucify him, Christ gave his life so that we may live. The enemy had no idea what he was doing, that he was opening a door, a gateway, a portal for us to get off of this earth and get our way out of hell and, to, and into a marvelous heavenly realm. But with this, all of this is also mirrored as we look and read about the many types and typologies of the Bible. And when we think about this, I thought about Noah. And Noah, who was a man of righteousness. And with Noah, there was a, a beginning where the earth hasn't been around too long. We don't know the exact time, but I'm pretty sure that we add up the ages. Noah, I mean, um, Adam was 930 when he passed. Methuselah was 969 when he passed. Um, there's all these things that we can add up and get an estimation, guesstimation possibly. But the thing is, the earth was young in its time at that time. But God saw already that there was evil rampant in the world. The scripture says that man's heart was evil continually. And we're going back to this place right now as we look at it. If you haven't recognized, there's things that when I was a kid 78 years ago, and I know many of us said that. I know Elder Wilson probably was saying that when he was a young man. When he was, you know, uh, um, he'd he go back and say, when I was 19 or when I was 20, but even in America today, just not America, but in the world, as America a lot of times leads, you always have these leads during different epics of time. You know, at one point in time, we had the Babylonians, we had the Persians, we had the Grecians, and today we have the Americans who are influencing. Sometimes influence is so strong that it will carry on for, for a long stem of history. For example, if you ever do anything that's medical, most of the things and most of our language are based off of what? Based off of Greek language. Our libraries built by the what? By the Greeks, right? So a lot of the things that we have, when you look at your medication, the actual generic name of your medication probably comes from something that is related to the Greek language. But the amazing thing, you know, even with some of the letters that we use sometimes throughout for people to recognize, a lot of these are taken from Grecian words, right? But the amazing thing is that, that with these types of typologies and things that carry on, we have a long legacy of things repeating itself in the earth from the beginning of time, which for man was Adam and Eve, the creation of the world in Adam and Eve, correct? So what I want to read to us is I just want to read something about Noah and the ark. By entering the ark, Noah ensured the physical survival of himself and his family. When he entered into, into saving faith, when we, sorry about that, when we enter into saving faith through Jesus Christ, we ensure our spiritual survival through eternal life with Christ. When the destruction of the world loomed, God called Noah out. And what Noah did was Noah called the people. So what did Noah do? Noah went and ministered to the people. He went and ministered, and we know this because even though it doesn't say it within Genesis, 
that Noah went out and ministered to all the people that he knew. It reads it all the way in the New Testament where Peter references it and says that Noah went out as a preacher, as a man of God, who went out to spread the gospel and let people know that there was a looming destruction that was coming. Now the amazing thing is, as we point this out, is that Adam, right, the first man, who they call Jesus, the second Adam, right, who Adam was tempted, right, in the garden. Jesus was tempted where? In the desert, right after his, um, right after his baptism by um, John the Baptist, but more so by the Lord. John was there to perform it, but the Lord poured out, the Lord, well, let me say this, and this was another one I was looking at, I was thinking of ministering this week, talking about the oneness of Christ. We have to get with the oneness of Christ and understand that Christ was 100% man, and at the same time, 100% God. No person that has walked on earth from Adam up until now can ever say that. Now, each and every one of us, we have what we call an earnest that resides in us. And that's just as our home owners, owners, when you go to buy a home, you got to do what? You had to put down a basically a deposit on this future ownership. And that's what the Lord has for us. As a father in creation, he owns each and every one of us on this whole earth, all around everything in the universe that was created. But I love as um, um, one of them. Um, um, Sister Crystal's favorite singers and mine. Um, God, man. I just had a, yeah, oh man. Can't think of her name right now. Oh man. <laughs> but anyway, it's all right. But, um, oh man, can't think of her name. Mahalia Jackson, there we go. Mahalia Jackson. When Mahalia Jackson sang the upper room, she told him, I'm going, I was upstairs praying, and I was upstairs talking, and I was talking to my Lord and your God. You see, Jesus Christ is everybody's God, but the thing is, have we made him our Lord? See, what a Lord is, is a Lord is somebody that presides over you in everything that you do. You know, nowadays we think of a, a boss, and everybody hates their bosses. You know, they even have TV shows, right, undercover boss. Bob's trying to catch somebody, scope them out, doing something wrong. This is the way that many people see Christ. But the amazing thing is that Christ said that he didn't come to destroy. He came to build up, right? He came to fulfill the law. And with Christ, as being fully God and fully man, Christ is not the only, um, um, the, the, the ark, let me say this. Christ is the ark for us to get out of this world. Let me go ahead and lay out some things that the ark had, right? The ark. Both Noah and Christ are a type of salvation or um, ways out of the earth. Noah, who had to build an ark from gopher wood, right, or acacia wood, right, he, in a sense, was in charge of the new earth after the flood, Right? So just as Christ in the New Testament is the, is the Lord over the current time of dispensation where we're at. 
Christ is the last Adam in the sense that he is in charge of the new creation after the cross. This new creation starts with believers receiving newly created hearts and is completed when there is a new heaven and a new earth. One day the Lord is going to return and everything that we have now is going to be destroyed. As the Lord said when he gave his symbol, the rainbow, right, that was in the sky, he said that never again would he destroy the world by water. But as we read in Revelation, right, and also as Jesus hinted in the Gospels that the world will be destroyed and he's going to make a new earth and a new heaven and a new Jerusalem. And so that was going to be destroyed by what? By fire. So therefore, today we get the fire today by what? By the infilling of the Holy Ghost. As it reads in Acts, where it says they had cloven tongues as a fire. But today we can receive that portion, which makes us what? Which makes us fireproof. Now, the ark, of course, was constructed by Noah as Noah was building this in time and through time. They had people who looked at Noah. Now, there's a lot of conjecture that people said that it had never rained before on the earth and all of this. And in the Bible, it doesn't say that it never had rained at that point in time. So I'm going to get beyond that. If, 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 if that, that. To me, I don't want to add anything to the word of God, but I want to take that. If Noah was building an ark, the people had to drink something, so where they were getting water from, I have no idea. <laughs> if it didn't rain. Because we know if you're in the desert and it never rains, guess what? You're not going to have any water, right? So therefore, but anyway, but I say this, that, that Noah, when he built this ark, it wasn't that people looked and mocked because there wasn't any water around or that it had never rained. The people looked and mocked because they had their own forms and types of gods that they worshiped. While Noah was telling them about the one true God, which is what we should be doing in emulation of Jesus Christ, telling them about today. When Christ came, people laughed, people scorned him, you know, for example, anytime they had someone that was sick or ill or deaf, when we look at um, when we look at his um, situation with um, Lazarus, you know, they had people who were doubters, people who didn't believe that this could happen. But the amazing thing is that when Christ went in, what he would do is get rid of all the people who had any doubt. Because he wanted the faithful to be able to witness so that they may be able to go and tell, but not tell other, um, what is it, appendices of how this might have happened. You know, for example, as we hear today, when someone dies and they say, oh, well, this person just recovered because when the EMS team came in, they were reviving them, even though somebody was there praying. You know, the thing is, we know that God still works the miraculous. He has not stopped. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, how was Noah like Christ? Well, Noah, when he had ministered the gospel, as he was building a way for people to get off of the earth or out of the earth. And when I say out of the earth, he wasn't literally taking them somewhere, but he was bringing them to the other side of the flood. Right? So when God told him to build this ark, he started work right away, immediately. So um, there was an estimation of time that someone had did, and they say that it was 
possibly that Noah, we don't know whether it took him seven days to build an ark or whether it took him 120 years. But this is a time also when God said that man was so evil that he was going to shorten his days to a max of 120 years. Isn't it wild that we just had a woman from China that just passed away on her 119th, um, I think a couple of days after her 119th birthday, or a couple of days just short of her 120th birthday last year. And she was the oldest person on the planet that we know of. So it's amazing that really nobody gets beyond that time and period nowadays. Um, so it's pretty amazing. Even though we had fathers um, who live, and when I say fathers, people who live longer than that, you know, right after the flood, such as Abraham and other people who lived that long. So, um, both the ark and Christ, both the ark, Noah's ark, and Christ are life vessels. Just as those in the ark were saved while those outside perished, so those in Christ are saved while those outside perish. And because Christ is the last Adam, he is the last lifeboat. All right. So it's amazing. One of the interesting things also that God deals with man or in his writings with numbers. Because um, Noah was about 14 generations. So there was about seven generations up to a certain period of time, as you read in Genesis. And then there's another seven generations or seven fathers, basically, up into Noah. So it's amazing. It's, God did the same thing with David. With David, there were 14 full generations between um, the ark and David, and then another 14 generations between David and the captivity, and then another 14 generations. It's just amazing how God lays these things out. But with this, God took Noah and made a type of Christ so that when we look at the world today, we would be able to see some of the signs and the times because Noah had the same signs in his time. But the thing is that all of the population except for eight souls were able to be saved because nobody listened because everybody was going about in their own life thinking that there would never be an end or they was focusing on other things, which I heard that there was a movie made in Hollywood a couple of years ago, and we have a, a, lot of, a lot of people that I knew at work and time I was in the military that went to see. People I knew who were Christians. Now, me, I didn't go see it because I heard that the movie, and you saw it, don't be, you know, I'm not judging anybody on this, but what I heard was they took the whole word of God and what they did was they transformed it into a movie about climate change. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm a climate change denier or anything like that. But I knew, I know that we do have actual climate change, but it's a spiritual climate change. Amen. That if things wax worth, worse in the world, that man gets and becomes more fearful. So man gets fearful of his own shadow and even the things that are going around him. Not having enough food, not having enough water, not having this sounds familiar. These are things that we see in the news every day, all day. Because they want us to do what? They want us to look, and this is the way that a savior or the antichrist is going to come. Am I going to say that he's going to be some big leader that's just pushing climate change? He's going to be pushing a different type of all kind of things that people are going to be looking for an earthly savior, just as the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and everybody else was when Jesus came. 
they missed the mark because they wasn't looking for Christ. They was looking for someone to deliver them from their current physical oppression. But we, as men and women of God, we have to be looking at the type of Noah, which is Christ. Hallelujah. We have to look at the world today and know that this world is getting more evil as we go. Things that used to be righteous are considered evil. And evil is considered to be righteous. I don't know if you saw last year, or you heard about it, but I remember everybody at work, and even there are some people where I worked at that was offended, some of the elders, with the, the GMA awards, the, what is it, the Grammys, and the, um, the even, even, even country music, poor country music. <laughs> the devil didn't even got that, but people dressing up in devil suits. They got a rapper right now who has um, a couple of well-known social movers that he has them, like he, he, he's typing himself as a Christ, even though he lives an absolute alternate lifestyle. And all of our children are listening to him and watching him and praying. And they say they won't watch this, and they say, oh man, that man is out of his mind, but they listen to everything else on his album. But the wild thing is, he's sitting here with himself up on a cross, and he got some famous people now that are known for their notoriety and business and TV and things such as this, and they're in a type of heaven on this video. You know, it is just insane what the world's going to. But people will continue going to the concert, people will continue clapping, and some of them even Christians. That show up on Sunday morning, and that's about it. But the amazing thing is that Christ, just as Noah, during his time, Noah might have built that ark, but who had the key to that ark? God had the key to that ark. So let us go to, um, I love this one right here. Let's go to, um, as Christ and Noah are vessels. Actually, you don't have to go here. In Acts 4, 12, it reads, nor is there any other nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name, just as we sang at the beginning, right, of the service. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other name. We need to spread the gospel. We have brothers and sisters and, and, and men and women that I meet and we pray and people pray and, and even, unfortunately, we need to make sure that we spread the gospel within our own church. You know, I've prayed with saints before, and I know people, we may think that it's a small thing when we end our prayer, and we just say, in his name. But the thing is, as Reverend Hurt had minister when he was here a couple of weeks ago, you know, he said that if you write a check, and you don't put your actual full name on there, and not just your title of what you are, you know, as I pay bills for Glen County, when I'm going to pay their fuel bill for the, 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 the company that delivers our fuel, I don't go ahead and just put the title, you know, program analyst, accountant. No. I have to put my name on that. In that computer, whenever I finish invoicing all of this information and making sure it's all correct, validated, certified, at the end, I'm stamping and put my, name, my digital signature on there. So they know who to come back to. Amen. And also, so that check may be written, right? 
which the check has my boss name on there. But we have to remember that there's power in the name. There's power in his name. There's power in your name, but it's limited power. But we have to lean on the name of Jesus Christ. Both Noah and Christ head up a covenant between heaven and earth. With Noah, God vows to never destroy the earth by water again. With Christ, God vows a creation that will never perish. In John 14, 4, 14, it reads, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And what this is, this is the word of God. It's the refreshing of God. It's, what, it's the word of God that wins men's souls. Hallelujah. And that's what we have to preach. I have been compelled by the Lord to make sure that we know the gospel. I know as apostolics, we love our acts too. And that is a good thing. But if we don't continue all the way through and bring to people the absolute gospel, and that is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, that person will as soon at some point in time walk out these doors. Or they'll sit here for their entire life never grasping and understanding the full power. We have to give them the power. And that is his death, burial, and resurrection. But we have to make sure that these people receive the Bible studies, the tutelage that they may be able to study the word out for themselves. And this is what Noah was doing as a type of Christ. Both the saved in Noah's ark and the saved in Christ are commissioned. Let me read that one again. Hint, hint. Or as an instructor in the military, drill sergeant used to always, but not just the drill sergeant, but the instructor, whenever you was in school, always said, hint, hint. <laughs> Many of you might want to write this one down, right? Both the saved in Noah's ark and the saved in Christ's ark, which is the church, are commissioned. When you commission, that means you're in charge of doing something. Noah and his family are told to be fruitful and increase in the numbers and fill the earth. You see, everything that the world comes up with today, we even have uh, some organizations and entities that are fearful of what? Fearful of having too many people on the, on the planet. Now, I do a lot of reading about a lot of things, right? And you have to measure all these things against the Bible. Now, with the creation scientists, there's some pretty interesting I book, uh, interesting things that I read. Do I agree with everything? No, I don't agree with everything. Because a lot of these men, they are Christians that write. But some of them aren't scientists. But many of them, probably about 90% are. But it's amazing that they had this gentleman who did a, a numbers thing, took a whole population of the world, said, all right, we, we line everybody up like in a military formation, right? But a tight formation when you close ranks, right? He said that you could fit the whole population of the world into Florida. If you stood everybody shoulder to shoulder, abreast to abreast, you could fit the whole population of the world into Florida. But what is everybody fearful of? We have abortion. We have systematic abortion in specific places around the world. And why is that? They say, well, these people are so poor they can't afford to take care of their children, and they don't have enough food, we don't have enough of this, we don't have enough of that. But the thing is, what it is, is a segment or a tool that the enemy is using to do what? Go against the word of God. That is what? That God always told man 
to be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. This is the same thing that who was told in the very beginning? Adam. He told Adam and Eve to go and fill the earth. And that meant have many children. A thing that we miss, people always ask, and I'm getting on a tangent right here, and I'm going off on a rabbit trail. Cain, who did big question? People always ask when I first became a Christian. They don't ask me this now. Maybe they say I'm a little bit more knowledge, but they always ask me. Because they didn't ask me wanting to know. They asked me to start a debate. And what they had asked is, who did Cain marry? And for the longest, I was stumped. But when we continue to read the word and read the word, this is why we have to do our Bible reading in a year. The Lord keeps on revealing and revealing more and more to me. He keeps illuminating. Let me say that. He is revealing. It's already there. I just never saw it. You know, just like when you look at something and you're like, wait a minute. What in the world? You look at the marijuana. When did that happen? You know? <laughs> 50 corner <and> a <laughs> So I just take out one of my daughter's stars and be like, <laughs> but the amazing thing is this thing that we read in the scripture we don't see but when we go to Genesis 5 we see that the word says it's slip, it, God isn't slipping it in there but the thing is it's something that we have to believe the word of God before we fully understand right but then we have to continue to read the word of God so that we may receive full understanding Everything's not going to be, uh, be revealed to us here, but you can go read this later on today. In Genesis 5, it says that, and Adam and Eve have more sons and daughters. And Adam and Eve have more sons and daughters. Now, after that, that's the end of the paragraph. After that, they start to have a new, uh, a, a new a, a verse that follows that, and it starts talking about the lineage of, Adam's, uh, of Seth's lineage, of his children. And people say, well, when it says that they have one son's daughter, they're talking about their grandchildren and all that. I'm like, no, like, that's separate because right here it talks about Seth's sons and names them, starts to name them. I was like, so therefore, we know that Adam and Eve had one. The thing is, we have to believe the Bible for what the Bible says in all things. Um, both the saved of Noah's Ark and the saved of Christ are commissioned. All right, we already went through that. Luke 24, 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, this is the commission that we all have. And this is what the Lord gave each and every one of us in Luke 24 and Mark 16 and Matthew 28 and John. I, think it's, I forgot where it was at in John. But I know he says the same statement, just in a different way. As it's written by a different man, but a spirit that is outpoured into them to influence them to write. But both accounts, uh, uh, both accounts with Noah and Christ have a future kingdom promise, and both have taste of what the future king breaking into the present. So with Noah, there was an earnest, right? That Noah went out and and, and refilled the earth, and that they had a promise from God that he would not destroy the earth by war. So we don't have to worry about that anymore, right? With Noah, the dove brings an olive leaf and promised land, and with Christ, the Holy Spirit brings the, the power of the future kingdom. So see, we have Noah who went ahead and sent out a dove, right? 
Noah sent down a dove. He sent out a couple of birds beforehand, right? When he was seeing when the ark, when the when the water was assuaging, when it was going down. So he was like, all right, well, let's see. Well, what was his symbol? Everything was shut up by God. Nobody could open it but God. So all Noah had was a small window. So when he sent this bird out, the first two times it came back. But the third time he sent a dove out. First two times he didn't send out a dove. I forgot it was a raven. But um, but anyway, when this dove came back, this dove bought an olive leaf. Well, what is the symbol of the world of peace? When you look up at uh, all the peace organizations around the world, it's a dove with an olive branch in its beak. Even the Muslims use this. Of course, the Jews use it. All of those that are called the faithful, and um, they're called the faithful because of Father Abraham. But we know that there's the faithful are the ones who have taken on Christ. Both accounts have the future um, have a future promise. With Christ, we know that when John the baptized uh, John the Baptist baptized him, Christ for the fulfillment of what scriptures that a dove a spirit like a dove descended upon Christ, right? And so this is another symbol of things to come. Let's go to Revelation 21, 1. I want us all to read this one as I prepare to close. We only have about four or five minutes. Revelation 21, 1. Please, I've been reading, uh, I think last year and the year before, I started, I read Revelation over and over and over again for about, probably about 13, 14 months. I was doing my regular reading, but I kept on going back and reading Revelation. And it was something that in me, and even as a man of God, I was... Um, kind of fearful of because it's very difficult to understand. But as we read the word more, and when you, you know, everything that you have throughout the whole Bible is in Revelation, it's reference in Revelation. But the amazing thing is, more so, you have some that are directly connected with it. And that's, you know, books such as Isaiah and Daniel and, um, man, so many that really give some of the same exact scriptures of Revelation um, or mirrors it. But the mate, because these are types, as we're talking about types today. But in Revelation 21, 1, it reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away. Does this sound familiar? This is something that is a type of what Noah had also. The earth was fully transformed. So when I went to Iraq and people would come up to me and say, Hey, Reverend, you think that the Garden of Eden is here? Because that's what everybody says. So you actually had people who were looking for the Garden of Eden, Eden in the beginning, right? And I was like, well, if you find it, is what I told them. I'm like, the word says that they put angels there with a flaming sword. So unless you want your head chopped off, <laughs> I wouldn't be looking for that. And then I would tell them, well, the earth was completely reformed when they had the flood, uh, when they had um, uh, Noah's flood. And this was a worldwide flood, not just a partial flood. And it's amazing if you go look up tonight, as you see, Polynesian culture has their own. Um, um, type of flood and I forgot the man's name the man and his wife who were saved by rap. You have the Filipinos who have their own. You have China that has their own type of flood. But all of these are different accounts or different stories that aren't from their, it's from basically their history and not their Bible. Even the Vikings had their own version of a flood story. So it's amazing that everybody has the same story, just a different account of why they were saved and who was saved. But it always had to do with one man and at a minimum, one woman. I think they had one that it was a man and 
like a type of companion, but it wasn't a woman, but it was like something spiritual or something like that. It was some, um, some indigenous type of religion. But the amazing thing is that the word of God is so true and has changed everything around us, even the span of time. When we look at time where we're at now, Jesus was right in the center of it. You know, and, and it's not of man's creation, but it's of God's creation. So with this, as it says that the first earth passed away, Noah had the same thing. Also, there was no more sea. And this is the new time, right? Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, which we are, the church, adorned for her husband. Who is the husband? Well, Christ is the husband. Jesus is the husband. And there's a husbandry that we have today. And today, as we look and read the Bible, we want to remember these types and typologies. That when Noah went into the ark, when it started to rain, what God did was it said that God shut the door. And at the end, after the, hundred, uh, the, the 40 days and 40 nights of rain, after 150 days of the earth just overturning and then when Noah came off the ark after that time everything was created all new for him to start again and then eventually man made his way again back into sin and we don't know how long it took but he made his way back into sin if you could all please stand so there are similarly striking similarities between the salvation of Noah's ark and the salvation of Christ's cross but the main one is death and a new life. Now we may ask why there's a parallel between salvation of Noah and the salvation of Christ. The Bible calls such a phenom a foreshadow or a shadow of things to come. And this is what Revelation is. Revelation, the book of Revelation is a shadow. And there's only, you know, we think of the word revelations when we think of the book of Revelation. But the revelation is given in the first chapter of Revelation. And what is that? It is that Christ is God. Is that Christ, who we know as 100% man, is also 100% God. Now I know today was more like a lesson and following this, I had a follow-up for a Bible study that talked about the sonness of Christ. And there's a sonship in the body of God. But we have to remember that as we recognize Christ as the son and salvation because he born human flesh, we have to know that all power is in him. So that whatever we do, we need to think on the name of Christ. Whatever we work, we need to do it in the name of Christ. Whatever we stand upon, our firm foundation have to be on the name of Christ. If a shadow precedes a moving object, it tells you the object itself is about to arrive. Woo! Watch out. If a shadow precedes a moving object, it tells you the object itself is about to arrive. Noah's salvation had the same basic shape as Christ, and God used it to warn people that the real salvation in Christ was about to arrive. Once it arrived, it could be recognized because Noah's salvation, which had already come, had the same shape as a Christ. There was a 
crescendo where things of the world got louder and louder. Man got more evil and evil and more wicked. And then there was a flood. Well, with Christ, the same thing happened. And when Christ came 2,000 years ago, when he was born on another piece of wood, as Noah's wood saved man and salvation at that time from the flood, by rising him above, we have a flood in the world today, and it's a flood of evil. A flood of the world trying to inundate us and wash us away with the sins of this world. By being apathetic to the word of God, to the ministry of God, to the man, to the corniness of God. That's what they say. They used to say anyway, that's corny. But we have to remember that Christ has shown us these typologies to help us. That as we are here, we're here on commission to minister to the world. Well, let us go before the Lord now as we call on his powerful name, his mighty name. As he is prepared this army, his church, that he has a covenant with to return to one day. When this flood finally comes, he's going to do just as he did with Noah. He's going to shut the door and the whole world is going to be washed away in a spiritual sense. But those of us that live for Christ will be raptured out of this place on the new ark. And that new ark is Christ. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, today, Lord, that as we have heard your word, Lord Jesus, that we will take notice, Lord, of who you truly are, Lord Jesus, that you are my way, Lord, out of this earth, Lord Jesus, to an eternal heaven, Lord Jesus, that one day, Lord Jesus, this world will be destroyed, Lord, and I want to live with you in eternity, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, that as I'm here, Lord Jesus, that I will walk, Lord Jesus, in your life, Lord Jesus. That I will minister, Lord, to my family, to my friends, Lord. That you have called me on commission, Lord. That you have told us, Lord, to go out, Lord, and preach your gospel, Lord. And baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord. And that is the name of Christ. We thank you and we praise you. And we lift up your holy name, Lord, as you will pour out, Lord, the water into us. That we, Lord Jesus, may be that we may be proof, Lord, and to an eternal heaven. We thank and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar is open so that we may take a couple of moments to pray and just continue to worship the Lord and adhere to his word. And not to be just hearers of the word, but also to be doers of this marvelous and great gospel. Praise the Lord with us.
thank each and every one of you for coming. As we leave today, please do not forget to look into your announcements. Make sure that if you want to be a host, a home host, we have our hobbies and interests also. If you want to just be a home host, um, where we teach Bible study, those that are our mantle ministers will be ministering at your house. And I tell you what, for me, it was a blessing before I knew the Lord, before I even stepped in the church. I actually like to visit every once in a while, down with But when my wife used to have Bible study at my church, and I may sometimes even be upstairs playing my video game. But the thing is, at one point, some point in time, I started coming down. So it's a great opportunity to have your house blessed. So definitely be a host home if you're not um, a mental leader to teach or a mental leader yet, or if you don't have a hobby yet, but it's a great opportunity okay. to have your house blessed with the prayers okay. and the presence of God's people. Um, God bless, glory be to God. Go with God and be blessed as you go on your way today.